The Accident Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Accident Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Accident Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Accident Mortgage. Welcome to the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Accunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Well, welcome to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show for this first Sunday in July. I'm Brian Wickert, the president and owner of Accident Mortgage and Accident Realty Advisors, along with my son, David Wickert, uh, one of our consulting team managers and general all-around assistant to the owner. Good morning, David. Good morning, Dad. If you've got a question or comment, you can call or text us on the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line, which is 414-799-1620. First of all, a couple of uh, follow-up items from last week's show. Stopped in at Caitlin and Jake's closing, uh, FHA buyers who closed this past Monday after a frustrating six-and-one-half-month home search. I had estimated, and when I was talking about this at the end of last week's show, that they had written eight offers unsuccessfully. When I walked into the closing room at 11.30 on Monday, Caitlin looked at me and said, 13. And at first, I had no idea what she was talking about. (laughs) I'm like, is she telling a joke by the numbers where you just give the punchline based on the number? Uh, Nope. She... they. They had written 12 unsuccessful offers, and Whoa. the one we were sitting down to close was lucky 13. So that is called persistence. Ouch. Yeah. Good so job by Good them. for them. Yeah, absolutely. They are braver than I would be. That they were intrepid. Yes. All right, another recap. The story that I called last week, Burned by the Rocket. Mm. And just in case you weren't tuned in last week, I would gotten a call on Wednesday, the 26th of June, from a client a uh, past client of mine whose stepdaughter was extremely distraught, crying, uh, because she had just gotten a call from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans telling her that she could not, in fact, be approved for the FHA loan Oof. to purchase a 400 and some thousand dollar duplex, and which she already had an accepted offer. That is not unless her mother was willing to co-sign and they could put down like another 50 grand. Mm. Oh, that's all? Yeah. I wish I could have heard that call. From Quicken. Hi. Hi. You know, this is how, Jim. Uh, so, so the stepdaughter, of course, had not previously consulted with her parents and had just gone online to decided to ride the rocket after Come all. On, she's got this. She's got this. Yeah. And they or, are the nation's not. largest lender. And, you know, by God, it's slick. You can just get yourself all approved on your smartphone. It's like heart surgery on your smartphone. She apparently also was so confident in her pre approval, whatever she got from Rocket Mortgage, that she wrote her offer with no financing contingency. And so she, there were no real estate professionals involved. Oh, okay. Right? Uh-huh. She wrote the offer herself, and she was really scared about losing her $5,000 earnest money. Because yeah. without a financing contingency, now that she got denied, she cannot use the excuse of no loan yeah, to, to get out. out of the contract. Yeah. Little did she probably realize that she was actually on the hook for possibly more than that, because according to lines 281 to 283... In the standard Wisconsin offer to purchase, if a buyer defaults, which she was on the verge of doing, Mm -hmm. the seller may terminate the offer and have the option of A, requesting the earnest money as liquidated damages, or B, wait for it, what? Sue for damages? Sue for damages. Well, what might actual damages be? Mm, If I sell the house for less than what you were going to buy it for, I could sue you for the difference. That's right. Or costs of... 
Yeah. Yeah. So let's say costs. they, because so, this is, you know, over 400000 What if What if they sold it for ten grand less than what they had agreed on with these people? And maybe payments in between. Yeah, right. So it was a kind of a big problem, and she at least knew that. So I connected the daughter with one of our most experienced detailed loan consultant, senior loan consultant, Mr. Jaime Suro, to see if there's any way we could help. And I want to just say right now, I was wrong. Last week on the show, I just listened to the recording before today's show, I said that there was no way we could help. Mm-hmm. Guess what? There's a way? We have an approval. Jaime found a way. Jaime found a way. And the flaw was that I thought that in addition to the down payment, our buyers had to have six months' worth of payments called reserve. Because it's a duplex. Because it's a duplex. And I thought that it had to be from their money. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, it turns out that the reserve money, which in this case totals just $18,500. Six months of payments. And in a Milwaukee County uh, duplex, those taxes are Higher. And insurance. So it turns out 18.5 in addition to the down payment, mm-hmm. that can come from a gift. So luckily. Where? From where? From a relative. And oh. in this case, from her parents. What program was this? Well, I also want to give a shout out to the good folks at WIDA. That's the Wisconsin Housing and Economic Development Authority, yeah. WIDA. And their underwriter, Mike Moretti who stayed a little late on Wednesday after 5 o'clock hmm. to issue the approval. Oh, you got, it, you got it in? Oh, yeah. Oh, I we, didn't know. Four business days after taking the I thought you were just consulting through all this. No, you actually, yeah, okay. This is a real deal. This is a real deal. We have a written approval from our good friends at WIDA. And I think Mike did that, according to Jaime, because he was going to be off on Friday yeah. and didn't want our customers languishing with un- not knowing now, uh, Fannie Mae, uh, we just sells our loans to Fannie Mae, mm-hmm. and so you got to get an approval through Fannie Mae's automated underwriting system. And the hard stop where you will not get an approval anymore is if you have a fifty percent debt to income ratio. Okay, we are at forty nine point seven. That is that is tight. That is tight. And so hats off to Wida and and to Jaime and our crew. We're only subject to the appraisal now. Cool and fair market rent analysis because okay. we do get to use the rental income from the duplex to qualify sounds right. like the details matter oh my god it's i'm so happy that we're able to pull this off yeah and, and you know so it's teamwork the parents are stepping up with a rather large gift okay uh, and so when we come back let's talk about that little word that i mentioned called reserves because i had an interesting conversation with the stepdad why do you need these reserves and where do they have to go where do they this live? sort of thing let's talk a little bit about that interesting topic because it applies to more than just duplexes we'll cover that when we come back you're listening to the acunet mortgage and realty show on wisconsin's radio station am 620 wtmj don't just find a house find your home here's more of the acunet mortgage and realty show with brian wickert on wtmj all right a little uh magic uh, band uh playlist there a little china group from the doobie your Brothers. tuxedos in the back closet i don't know if you yeah, know that yeah i got that happening hey all right so we're talking about this thing called reserve so that's extra money that you need in addition to your down payment and this came up in the duplex story we were just talking about in the first segment of the show when the father called me and said, hey, you got to explain this reserve thing to me. Because why? Because he was going to gift the money yeah. needed for the reserves, which in this particular transaction was a cool $18,500. And he's a smart guy. He said, like, does this go into some sort of a lockbox? Does it go into an escrow account held by the mortgage servicer? 
And the answer is... That's a great question. That's a great question, because that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. But the answer is... Nope. 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 You just have to prove that you have it. Please point to this at the time of closing. And in the case of a weed loan, it has to be deposited uh, prior to closing. The gift. Not, yeah, the gift for the reserves. Well, you either have to have the money yourself, or if you are receiving a gift, it needs to be deposited Correct. ahead of Prior time. Prior to closing. So see, there's the gift money. And then we need a gift letter, and so we took care of all that stuff. Okay. By the way, on that particular loan, we're also paying off a car loan to qualify. Totally cool. And that money can come from a gift. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, other types of loans where you need reserves, David? And a duplex is one if you're going Fannie Mae. That's six months' worth of reserves. Purchase of a secondary residence? That's right. Typically, there we only need... And these are measured in number of months of monthly payments on the subject property, including principal interest, property taxes, homeowner's insurance, uh, monthly MI, if there is PMI, and also homeowner's Even a, association. A, a refinance of a secondary residence. Also requires... If you're doing a cash-out refinance yeah. on your primary and your debt-to-income ratio is over 45% of your pre-tax income... You need reserves, you may, you may need reserves. Okay. Depend, wow, I didn't know that one. Uh, investment in, properties. Investment properties, so where you're going to rent it out on purpose. And lastly, the big one. Uh, big. Jumbo the, loans. Jumbo okay. loans. That's where Think the loan big. amount is uh, 484350 or more on a condo or single-family home. You are in jumbo land. Yeah. And so there, the number of reserves can range between three oh. months of payments up to 12. I've seen. Oh, if you're borrowing a lot, a lot of well, money, even 18 months sometimes. 18, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got one uh, loan, a jumbo loan, $960,000 in process right now. That's it. And it's on a <laughs> condo in Milwaukee County. Yeah. So in addition to the $240,000 of down payment, we need to verify an extra $48,000 of reserves because the payments, including the taxes and HOA dues, are about four grand a month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's all? Yeah. And, and then, you know, sometimes the reserves can come from a gift, like on conforming loans, but when you're on a jumbo loan, then the extra money, the leftover, has to come from your own funds. Interestingly, even when you get into jumbo land, a lot of times those reserves uh-huh. can't be retirement Correct. accounts. It has to be like, Havsies. please be sitting in a checking account that you could go at. Or a, a non-retirement account. You know, so like right, a Schwab, like a brokerage account, yeah, Ameritrade, anything that's liquid. Mm-hmm. And now the father had another question for me on the duplex. Like, why the heck do you need these? You don't need this when you're buying a single family home. And the answer I came up with spontaneously from be- my brain. Because well, they said so? Well, that... That is the actual reason. Yeah. Because Fannie Mae says so. But the theory, because remember, I used to work for Fannie Mae. I worked for him for the longest year of my life. Yeah. And uh, the theory behind that is there more risk with a duplex loan. Mm -hmm. And the reason is we are typically using rental income from the other unit to help qualify. Well, that's the case here in this particular loan that we're doing. Hey, in order to make this all work, we're counting on rental income. Well, what if that renter moves out? And right. you are without that rent for, for two, three, right. four, five, six. Oh, that's why the six months. So mm-hmm. you can actually withstand being without that rental income for six months. That's why. And on a jumbo loan, it's just like, hey, we're lending you a lot of money. Yeah, we, we want, want you to, to know that up. you have more than the lint in your pockets uh, when you close. Sounds like the details matter. Yep. All right. When we come back, let's talk about the uh, market in southeastern Wisconsin. I've got kind of the flash report here. It is the 7th of July. Technically, all the data should be in the MLS. I know it's probably not. So we'll give you the look at what happened in June uh, on the in home sales in southeastern Wisconsin when we come back. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage 
and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Getting you through the home buying process. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Hey, before we give you the overview of the uh, June home sale numbers in southeastern Wisconsin, just speaking about money that you need in addition to the down payment, David, I asked you to quickly work up on a $250,000 home purchase, you know, for a 3% down loan. 3%, I'll do the math for you, is $7,500. That would be the down payment. What else do you have to pay? Loan costs range well, from anywhere from if Acunet's picking up some of that cost can be from zero to well eleven eighty eight. Well, yeah, in regular costs, and then if you decide to invest in points to buy down yeah, the rate, but, but okay, most people don't do that. Correct. So between zero and eleven hundred eighty eight dollars yep. related specifically to get the loan. Those are things for uh, closing, uh, title insurance for the lender, the appraisal, mm -hmm. credit report. Those are the only four things that Acunet charges for. We do not have a $995 uh, administration fee, processing fee, yeah. and then a lot of other lenders, even the banks here in the state, you know, underwriting fee, 350 doc prep, blah, blah, blah. Yep. We affectionately call those junk fees. All right, what else do you need? You also get to pay the first year's premium of your homeowner's insurance. So that's going to be five, six, seven, eight hundred $800, maybe 1000 oh, oh, Maybe more than that, depending on the age of the home. That's right, and your credit score, by the way. Correct. You're also going to be making a deposit into the escrow account so that there's enough money in that account come the end of the year to pay your property tax bill in full. Okay, so that's typically equal to two, two three, three months. months worth of uh, yes. property taxes and insurance. So if yeah. your property taxes are high, yep. you know, that could be another $1,500,000. So you can be bringing an extra $3,500 to $6,500 to the closing what? table. I thought the down payment was just $7,500. Yeah, wow. no. Now, the other good news, though, is that there are three other entities who could pay for the what we call closing costs and prepaids. Mm -hmm. And those three are? The seller. The seller, what? The seller can pay, yeah. Yep. If you want to write into your offer, hey, um, I'll, I'm going to give you this much for your house, but I need you to pay for $3,000. Always use the words closing costs and prepaids. Yes. All right, closing costs and prepaids. <laughs> Voila, where else? The lender. Well, the lender, yeah. And the third is a donor, oh, yeah. a gift. Okay. And in fact, on a regular conforming loan, even the down payment can come from Oh, every a gift. stitch. Every stitch of the money. So be nice to your parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles. Wealthy uh, cousins. Wealthy yeah. cousins, yeah. It's got to be a family member. Yep. It can't be your good buddy. Uh, because on a conforming single-family home, conforming means a loan amount of $484,000, 484 thousand three hundred and fifty dollars or less all the down payment and closing costs and prepaids can come from a gift it's the best yeah it's a good thing have it's good pace to have relatives oh <laughs> yeah all right so our, looking at single family detached home sales for the five county metro milwaukee area for the month of june down yeah. by 195 sales compared to june 2018 this is June versus June. June versus June. Eight, 1,899 happy sellers and buyers exchange the keys. How much more is that than like February? I forget. Um, it, I, I have the that. answer is more because um, it's the peak home buying season. Double, double. Okay. Let me just see if I got that. I'm on condos already. Sorry. Uh, we can come back with that. But I'm just going to say it's roughly double. Okay. 
And uh, the median sales price, though, was up 6% from a year ago at probably a record. I, I can go back and look. The median sales price in June for single-family detached was 255000 American dollars. This is in the seven-county southeastern Wisconsin? Five, five, county? five counties. Five counties. Uh, by the way, the decrease in the number of sales is down 9%. So, But the silver lining for home shoppers, anyway, is that listings in June were actually up 1.1% hmm. from a year ago. There were 2,381 new listings that came on the market in June. Kids got done with school. I bet people are prepped to yeah, move maybe. now. And that's 482 more homes listed than what's sold, so inventory is growing a little oh. bit. Um, by the way, May single-family homes, I did check this, ended up being up 1.7%. Uh, compared to May of 2018, with 1,874 closed sales. Now, I suspect that the June numbers will get better mm -hmm. by next week because even though real estate agents and brokers are supposed to have all their MLS data in by today, some of them are, yeah. you know, maybe they we're took on vacation the weekend. Yeah. over the July 4th Well, holiday. and don't forget it, that also does not include any for sale by owner as well. So maybe Come that on. gives you a little extra juice there too. That's absolutely true. All right. Uh, when we come back here after the news, we'll give you the condo sales for the month of June. And then I have a story about somebody working in the real estate industry uh, who wants to buy a condo. And because we're going down the road of rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval from Acunet, not the light-yourself-on-fire rocket mortgage pre-approval that we've talked about, the rock-solid, we're going to tell you about an issue that we uncovered and we think we're going to be able to solve. Helping you find a place to call home. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And also with David Wickert, the uh, loan consulting team manager. Yes, oh, David. Happy belated anniversary, by the way. Oh, thank you. 36 years. We On our anniversary, we did go see uh, Lionel Richie at the uh, American Family amphitheater yeah he put on a great show he was late he was delayed getting here from chicago due to weather mm. and then michael mcdonald uh, opened up come on him, and he was an excellent voice Mr. Hootie. yes yeah take out the tobacco in his lips yep yeah. there you go well uh, he's uh he was in good voice so it was a good concert good and all right so let's just uh, wrap up with condo sales in the five county metro milwaukee area <clears throat> remember single family sales were down 9.3 percent condos were down 10.3 percent on a unit basis, though, that's only down 45 units. We had 394 closed condos. That's what they call day. headline risk. Down 10%. Yeah. Oh, well, but really, it's 45 well, units. I mean, yeah. The median sales price was up a whopping 10.2%, though, probably to a record high of $193,950. Hmm. Condo listings, however, unlike single family, which were up. Remember, listings were up in June. Condo listings were down 10% in June. There were only 409 new condo listings. That's 48 fewer than last year in the same month. So that's kind of a bummer. I've, I've heard that from people, that condo is are even more scarce and harder to nab uh, than single-family homes. Hey, and then I did a deeper dive uh, in preparation. This is what I'm calling the tale of three zip codes. Uh, so I looked at Brookfield and Elm Grove, right? That's the Elmbrook School District, very popular area for people to buy. Goal answers. And I looked at the 500000 and under single-family uh, price range. There were 58 closed sales in the month of June. Prices, by the way, ranged from 175000 all the way up to four eighty. The average selling price was three thirty one. Half 
sold for more than the asking price. Well, on average, $9,900 more. That's 3% more than That's $9,900. $9,900, yeah, more. And those that went for above asking price sold on average in nine days. From sign in the yard, not even that, from, from the tees on the MLS. MLS to the boom. Now, there's one of them that took 65 days. And I'm going to bet, I didn't look at this, but I'll bet that they sold and then something blew up and then they had to come back on the market. So yeah. I bet that's one that why it took 65 days. Yeah. Uh, not sure about that. But if I take that one stinker out, then the average drops down to seven days. So pretty quick. Another 10 homes in June, David, in that $500,000 and less Elmbrook, you know, Brookfield and Elm Grove price range. Another 10 sold exactly at the listing price, which means that fully two-thirds of homes in that price range sold at or above the listing price. That's not going to surprise anybody who's been looking in that neighborhood. That does mean, however, that a third sold under the listing price. A lot of them very close, though. Mm -hmm. All right, so how many close sales did I say there were? 58. 58, that's right. Now, I also looked, because this is all about that most famous of economic laws, supply and demand. There are... 131 active listings in Brookfield in, Grove. Uh, 500,000 and lower, but guess how many have accepted offers uh, already? 75%. 70, 72 of them, so a little more than half. Wow. That means there's only 59 actual homes for sale at this moment, or at least when I did this math on th Friday, I think I did it. Mm -hmm. That's Slim a one-month supply. That yeah, is yeah. a one-month supply. You have 59 real homes without offers for sale in that price range, 500 and other. You had 58. Wow, that is tight. Mm -hmm. It means it's a seller's market. Now, on the other hand, in the same zip code, if you look at 700000 to $1 million, there are 29 active listings, seven have offers. That means there are 22 homes without offers in that price range, and there were exactly three, count them, three sales in that price range. And I know we financed one of them. Yeah. Uh, so that's bad. So you got your pick of the litter. Yeah. And, by the way, the number of days that the current listings without offers has been on the market, 104 days, that's three and a half months. They've been sitting there on the market. So in the affordable price range, which I'm calling 500 and under, you're selling your home in seven to nine days. Over in the upper end of the market, 700 to a million, you are waiting over three and a half months, and you still haven't gotten an offer. That's because if you do the math on that, there's a 7.3-month supply mm -hmm. of homes for sale in that well, upper Liz, bracket. Well, as you've said, when you're about to put down for an $800,000 house, you kind of want it the exact way you want it. Or you want to get a deal. Well, which right. is relative, but yes. Well, that's right. All right, so there you have it. It's all about the price range. It's about the location. It's about the details when it yeah. comes to both real estate and mortgage financing. When we come back, I will get to the story about our hopeful condo buyer, um, where we unearthed a potential serious problem, but we think we're going to be able to work around it. We'll give you the details when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on 620 WTMJ. Expert advice on buying a home. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, so uh, we have a relative of a real estate broker who is working for that broker uh, for the last two years and now wants to buy a home. And so he um, had been a W-2 employee of his relative's company. Mm -hmm. 
and, and so a lot of times, just to point out that real estate agents will work for a brokerage. You know, an example of a brokerage company is First Weber or Keller Williams or Shore West. But then the individual real estate agent will form their own company under that, you know, Bob Smith Realty LLC, so that they can kind of run their own business or whatever. And then that underneath company can have its own employees and so on and so forth. So that was the case is this person had this, uh, you know, real estate agent, very seasoned professional, has her own real estate company. Uh, underneath a larger broker, mm-hmm. and was paying her relative uh, on a W-2. Well, then, about a year ago, uh, the relative gets his uh, real estate license so that he can be a more functional assistant sure. to his relative, the owner of the, you know, that really active veteran agent. Mm-hmm. Because when you have your license, then you can actually go out and show a home to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you don't, you cannot perform that function. So he is just naturally becoming more valuable as an assistant. But what I think every real estate broker does is once you have a license, they go, ah, we, you can't be an employee anymore because we don't want to be responsible for your actions. See, because employees are employers, so I am responsible as Accident Mortgage for the actions of all of our licensed loan consultants. Mm-hmm. If I made them independent contractors, I could say, well, I'm not that responsible. They're not my employees. They're independent contractors. Mm-hmm. So in the course of conversations, I'm saying, okay, upload your, your W-2s and your pay stubs. And and uh, the the person who wants to buy the condo said, well, you know what? I think, I think something changed last year. I, I think I started getting something else, not a W-2. Mm. That something else is a, a 1099. 1099. And so, you know, upload your tax returns. And sure enough, I'm looking at this tax returns right now. And as I suspected, uh, he did have some W 2 income from last year for the first portion of the year. But I'm looking at Schedule C, EZ, which is called net profit from business. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is the worksheet for calculating your self employed uh, tax. So from the mortgage lending viewpoint, even though he's doing the exact same thing, the yep. same function, yep. David, is he an employee or self-employed? He is self-employed. Yeah. We can't get around that. He's it's just interesting that, that you can be the employee of the agent's company, yeah. Yeah. but because your licensing is held through the Broker. brokerage firm, yeah. Yeah. it's just... It's bizarre, uh, yeah. and it's it's kind of form well, over substance. But you also, I mean, so it it's no fun for qualifying for a mortgage. But you know, being self-employed, you do get the benefits of deducting expenses. Well, but or... he, luckily for us, he didn't do that on his 2018 okay. return. I'm looking right at the Schedule C easy form right now, and he's got revenue and no expenses. So perfect for our argument. And so okay. here's what we're going to put forth uh, is. We're going to get all this documentation, which we have, Mm -hmm. and we're going to say, hey, we would like the exception because the rule with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac is you have to be self-employed for two years, yeah, but maybe one year, all right? And so it's going to turn out, we think the documentation, well, in fact, I know the documentation because I'm looking right at it, is that he started being treated as a self-employed licensed real estate assistant in August. Mm -hmm. So we're only one month away. Okay. So oh, we're yeah. going to say, hey, look at this whole fact pattern. Yeah. And yeah, this person is technically self-employed this and is... is for the purposes of checking the boxes on the application self-employed. But it's not the risk that you typically get when a person transitions from being an employee to a self-employed because the guy's not taking any 
deductions against his income. Right. So we're going to document that. We're going to say, so therefore, please grant us the exception for one year, mm-hmm. even though it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we'll let you know how that turns out. Might have the answer by the next show. Okay. We might. Because we're going to package that all up. Because what do we want? We don't want him going writing offers. And just think if he would have gone to the guys with the rocket and didn't remember. Oh, yeah. He might have said, yeah, I'm a W-2 employee. Blah, How's blah, about blah, blah. his local bank with a skyscraper downtown? Possibly. They would have said, too. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what you do know, you make? Sounds yeah, good. Exactly. What do you make? Yeah, exactly. Here. Right. Oh. They wouldn't have dug into the details. The details matter. All right. When we come back from this last break, we're going to talk about what happened to interest rates. David and I had a bet last week as to whether interest rates would go up or down this past Monday based on uh, President Xi of China and President Trump of the United States shaking hands and saying, let's get back to that trade negotiation yeah. table. We'll tell you what happened when we come back. You're listening to the Acuna Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, I just went down to quickenloans.com and got a record for a $200,000 refinance, David, with excellent credit and 25% equity. And uh, the rate that I was quoted was 4.125% with uh, two points. That, so two points would be $4,000 in addition to their extra loan cost. So the APR is like 4.35%. Mm. So with that backdrop, that's the nation's largest mortgage lender offering that rate of 4.125 with just two points. But excellent credit. What, what, what would we be at uh, for a 30-year fixed rate, 25% equity and all the other right stuff? That'd be 3.875% with an APR of 39 That's just with $1,100 in cost. Shazam. All right, or if you want that 15-year, 3.25% on a 15-year. APR is 3.3 with just regular loan costs of 1100 bucks. And by the way, the quoted rate on Quicken's homepage is 3.625 for a 15-year fixed. That is more. That's more and probably the same two points. Ouch. I'm going to guess. Largest lender and largest in cost. That's right. All right, so um, uh, what else do you want to talk about? Oh, the bet. So we... Didn't really put any money on the table, Pride. although I lost. So uh, my bet was that because President Xi and Trump shook hands after the G20 meeting in Japan and and President Trump most importantly said, you know that tariff on the $300 billion worth of Chinese goods that I was going to slap on? Mm. Ah, that's on indefinite hold. So I really thought that that was going to make rates worse, make stocks a lot better, but make wor- rates worse. And what happened? They remained flat, at least when it opened on Monday. They went a little down. Okay. Don't, don't, you, can, you can boast. I can, okay. Stocks went up. Yeah. And interest rates went down a little bit on Monday. But then what happened as the week wore on? What was the news on Tuesday and Wednesday? No news? Hmm. The Nothing. tenure dropped to a buck ninety-five, which That's was the interest rate that the United States government pays to borrow money for 10 years. Yeah. Okay. But then on Friday, uh. we got a better than expected stellar jobs report where the labor department said you know employers in the united states of america created another 224,000 new jobs in the month of june the stat that i saw was the unemployment rate went up because more folks are re-entering the workforce okay yes and always remember and never forget that those two surveys are different yeah the payroll number comes from collecting actual payroll data from employers, hmm. and the unemployment rate comes from a telephone survey 
of Americans. So that's why those numbers can diverge. But yes, when you have more people looking for work, yeah. they are not employed yet and therefore count in the unemployed number. 3.7%. And Thus rates shot up. Well, that's, I read a headline. Yeah. 10 yeah. year treasury yields skyrockets. It went from 1.95 to 2.05 at the beginning of the day. I know. Uh, you know, it's a tenth of a percent is hardly a shot up. Yeah. But the, what the the point is, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And you were just telling me that, and I'm going to have to update my commercials because right now I'm saying that there is a 100% chance in my commercials that the Fed is going. Oh, is it still true? Well, it's it's a plurality because it's there's oh. 95% uh, futures market that the Fed will cut its Fed fund rates by a quarter in later this month, July 31st. There's another 5% who think they'll cut it by a half. And Nobody thinks it's going to stay the same. The same. So you would bet on they're going to keep it the same just because you are a naysayer. Of course. And the other thing that they could do, folks, is um, what do I want to say? They could, they could Slow down. stop selling their huge portfolio yeah. of interest-bearing bonds called 10-year treasury bonds. Because yeah. right now they're selling them into the market. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, Flooding the market. And that's putting some upward pressure on rates or you know not. So if they stop doing that. That would help interest rates go down without them actually doing a rate cut. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with you on that one. I'm well, going to say on July 31st, they're not going to do anything. And if they do nothing, then interest rates should go up. Yeah. You know how. I would just, we've gotten some folks who have inquired via the blue button, like, hey, should I, you know, wait? Because I mean, I think they're going to cut rates. And what we've said time and time again, both on the show and as we speak with folks, is like, that's already baked in. Like, yeah. the, 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 any predictions are already baked into what rates are today. There's right. no nobody's holding on to information um, yeah. that might influence rates other than new information like the hey, jobs report. Right, when that comes out, carry it back right. the other way. So, uh, for example, uh, earlier in the week, I was helping Brad, one of our loan consultants, communicate. This was with the fellow who was trying to buy the boys camp, you oh, know, yeah. log cabin up north, up north. Wisconsin. I said, by the way. We could save you $175 a month on your primary residence. Yeah. And he's like, well, let me think about that for a while. Oh, and what about my rental properties? And I go, yeah, we could save you this much on your rent. Well, let me talk to my, you know, it's like, dude, things got worse on Friday a yeah. little bit. They were better on Wednesday than they were on Friday. So act now. Bird in the hand. That's right. So, folks, if you want to get started, with your very own rock solid guaranteed pre-approval to buy. Maybe you want to buy a home before the school year starts. There's still time to do that. We would love to help you, and we will mind the details. But also a fantastic time to save money. We couldn't make it any easier to refinance your home. Literally do it all online and over the phone. We'll even send the closing agent to your home or office. All you got to do to get started is click on the blue button at acunet.com. That's A-C-C-U-N-E-T.com. We'll meet you back here same time, same place next week. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.